This is the warrior poet. Yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crumb allowances. And that, of course, is "Humble" by Kendrick Lamar. I've been humbled many times in my career. Take first couple weeks of buds where I kind of sucked at climbing ropes. That was humbling. There was this guy in the ski lodge where I was a few weeks ago. I was in the line for rentals for my son. And this guy had a daughter with him who was about, let's say, nine, 10 years old. And he had filled out the form with his daughter's information and gotten to the counter. And the young lady who was helping him was a little confused because she was looking at the skis that she was adjusting with screwdriver and whatever tools you just skis with to try and fit the little girl. It seemed as though the skis might be a little small for the little girl. The young lady at the counter, not having kids clearly herself as she was maybe 17 or 18, said in a pretty grumpy tone to the dad, you said on the form she was 4-0. The dad was clearly overwhelmed with other things as parents can be. And everyone agreed that the girl should go over to the wall and get measured to see how tall she really was. As the drum rolled in the rental place, it turned out she was not 4'6", not 4'8". She was 4'10". She was 10 inches off from what the height is that the dad thought she should be. I would say, I'm just guessing, moms are probably better at understanding the height and weight of their child at any given time, even multiple children. Uh, or, or maybe I'm just generalizing to compensate for the times in my life where I have been in that father's shoes and not known exactly how tall or short or heavy my child was <laughs> in a certain situation. And it doesn't really come up that much. But uh, when it does, you look like an idiot when you don't know this information. However, I don't think I've ever been as off as that guy was. That guy was a whole baby off. He was a, if you stretched out a newborn as far as it would stretch, put it into some sort of device, the newborn stretching device. Uh, of course, we don't want to harm a newborn. So it, it, it would have to be uh, heavily designed to accommodate the comfort of said newborn. But stretch out a newborn and it's what? Eight to 10, 12 inches, hands outstretched to toes outstretched. This guy was a whole human off in how tall his own child was. There are all kinds of times in life and business where we're not very good at estimating things. Humans can be way off even the smartest of people. We don't understand risk well, especially exponentials. Nassim Taleb has gone into this in one or more of his books for sure. The pace of change is always increasing now. And I think even those who might consider themselves futurists or very open-minded about the future probably still have a tough time thinking about what might happen 10 years from now. My sense is that we're going to be so far off with the 10, 20 year period, given that, as I said, this is not just 
people talking about the pace of change always increasing. It's an actual fact. As measured by people who measure these things, <laughs> I, I, uh, I know I'm being vague here, but I, I have actually seen some metrics around this in terms of how fast our lives are changing. And if you think about it in your own life, for those who aren't under the age of 18, the amount of change that has happened in the internet, mobile phones, speech technology, all of that stuff uh, has been uh, crazy just in the last 10 years. And again, it's only getting faster. So all of those changes add up to capabilities that can be built on and inspiration that can be spread throughout society about what can be achieved and what's possible such that the future, even the near future, 10 years, may be completely unrecognizable. Thinking about height and putting myself in that dad's shoes as I tried to justify, at least to you all, and to myself, the idea that a dad wouldn't know how tall his child is, I, I started to think about is height, is weight of a child, it's a kind of a useless metric. I mean, how much does it matter really, right? As long as the child is healthy and growing. Now, of course, people want to be maybe thin or muscular or tall, and those have real world benefits. It would be insane to deny those things once one reaches adulthood. But you really can't change a lot of that outside of nutrition and routine medical checkups uh, for your child. And so it's a kind of thing that people like to talk about just to talk about, just to compare, in my opinion. And I think there are some comparable kinds of things in business where it's a metric that actually doesn't really matter that much, but is interesting to people around a company. That interest might stem from the fact that the CEO is interested in it. That interest might stem from the fact that it's just easily measurable. And maybe it's even interesting to people in the company because it's one of the few things that are actually easily checked on. Maybe it's the one thing that a product manager decided to put into a dashboard. Meanwhile, there are many other important metrics beneath the surface that can have a greater impact. So people talk about these metrics, they quote them, they put them in papers, they rationalize their strategies around these metrics, but only because everybody else cares about these metrics. You ever see that movie Nacho Libre with Jack Black? Oh my gosh, incredible. So many quotable lines in that movie. One of my favorites. Chancho, when you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. It's for fun. Don't worry, I won't tell nobody. The real purpose of today's episode is to talk less about estimation and vanity metrics and to talk about stretch goals. Stretch goals are one of those things that is easy to quote but a lot harder to truly define and understand. 
I've seen stretch goals used in a number of ways. It seems like they can be used as an additional goal that is not one of your core goals. And so it's saying, I'm going to ship this many widgets this quarter. B, I'm going to mentor my team to achieve X or Y. C, I'm going to get a certification that's necessary for a widgetry, not wizardry, widgetry. And D, if I achieve all of that, I'm going to stretch and pursue a design and patent for this new invention for widget Z. In that case, the stretch goal, again, is something that is additional to core goals. Meanwhile, if you're a salesperson, a stretch goal might be to achieve a higher degree of achievement along the same key performance indicator, the same metric that you are already pursuing. So for enterprise sales, it might be less about deals and it might be more about the complete dollar value of revenue that you generate in a given year. And maybe if it's super complicated, you're booking sort of lifetime value in a certain year, but let's not get too in the weeds there. Your stretch goal could just be to get more of that beyond your quota at which you're performing at a reasonable level. Meanwhile, there might be team stretch goals. I have read a lot about how to implement that in product development. And there's a debate in the product development community for software about whether you should have a stretch goal for a team that is running Agile, Scrum. It seems like the consensus is largely no, that you shouldn't have an additional goal on top of your sprint commitments. Someone on Quora referred to this as the cherry on top in your Agile sprint. Essentially, and this doesn't apply just to product development. It applies to anything where you're trying to learn very fast. You're trying to learn in a lean or agile manner, experiment, get results, come up with ideas, test them, and then keep the cycle going. Could be even in manufacturing, could be in all kinds of things. Could be launching a rocket to space. One thing to think about is that the model that you use to test could be very different when you're launching a rocket to space than when you're launching software. When you're launching software, you can ship it in the marketplace. Whereas if you're launching a real rocket, you need to test things in a way which is much more of a proxy for reality than reality itself. The point is, though, that if you are testing these things, you already have a goal in mind that you want to achieve. Adding an additional side goal to your commitment for what you're going to test is only going to make things harder on the team to focus, harder on you to focus, and also may result in lower quality of the real thing that you're trying to deliver and test. So the consensus, and I agree with this, of a number of people is to not do this, but it seems like the debate rages on because management always wants to achieve more and more and keeps looking for a way to do that, this adding of a stretch goal to a team seems a very tempting way to do that. Where's your rope, Ignacio? It was 
stinky. But these are my recreation clothes. They look expensive. Thank you. I mean, yes. They may have the appearance of riches. But beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. I love nicknames. I've been part of several nickname heavy cultures. Sometime in this program, I will reveal to this audience Shri's rules for nicknames. What makes a good nickname? For now, I'll just observe that a lot of times stretch might serve as a nickname for someone tall. Now, granted, you might argue Shri, no one actually uses that nickname anymore. It's kind of old timey, right? And uh, if I were Conan O'Brien right now, I would, I would attempt a uh, 1920s or, or 1950s TV accent. But the reason I bring this up is in the SEAL teams, we used to have what is called a Smurf crew in BUDS, the basic SEAL training, basic underwater demolition SEAL training. There's always a Smurf crew. It's the smallest boat crew in BUDS. And I think that Stretch would be a perfect nickname for one of those Smurfs. Maybe give that a try around the office. Let me know how that works out for you. There's a musical act called Tiny Meat Gang. Yes, you heard that right. Tiny Meat Gang. And they are a musical act, or at least recently, officially a musical act. Previously, they were just YouTube satire. Cody Ko and Noel Miller are some of the most famous YouTubers, if you're not familiar. And they formed Tiny Meat Gang. Apparently, both of them separately thought they were just going to be in offices for the rest of their lives. One of them is quoted in an article as saying he thought he was going to be a numbers guy forever. And now they're just making millions of dollars, making pretty hilarious music. They make fun of each other and themselves a lot for being short. And so the Tiny Meat Gang has a great song, Short King's Anthem. Dude's bent out of shape because they got curved. I can suck a titty while I'm standing up. Never fucking tell me I ain't man enough. Standing five eight, voice six five. Your whole whip cracking cause hey, a short hey. guy. I'm five foot something, but my bills I'll pay. On my tippy toes from LA to the bay. Going off the deep end, chilling. The thing is, what a stretch goal is often trying to achieve seems to be a replacement for other mechanisms you can have. Again, stretch goal often is conflated with a core goal that has some stretch to it or a sales quota tier, or a long-term vision, or just plain leadership. It's your job as a leader to motivate your team and to provide them with a vision they can deliver on and to provide them with one or more specific goals in order to achieve that vision, preferably as few as possible. And what will happen is if you motivate your team and they have that vision, and hopefully you've layered on some operations and a team structure that makes sense, then people will generally deliver way above and beyond what you're looking for them to deliver. And they'll do that in a way that is consistent with the vision. Often, people think leadership is easy or they don't understand what true, sound, and effective, inspiring leadership really is. 
They look for hacks and tricks to achieve high results. And one way a lot of leaders and managers, not the same thing as we always remind here on The Warrior Poet, a lot of HR people will try to use these tricks to achieve what only inspiration, leadership, and a sound strategy will achieve. And now's the time where we get all the way wet. Footnote number one. One thing we didn't talk about in the body of the episode is this notion of SMART goals. SMART stands for, and there are varying definitions for every letter, specific, measurable, assignable, reasonable, and time-bound. Again, there are other options for these. So for the S, instead of specific, you might have strategic. Instead of assignable, you might have achievable or agreed. For reasonable, you might have something like relevant. I would say that like junk science medicine or quackery, once something purports to cure every disease, that's probably a sign that it's BS. And I think the fact that there are numerous interpretations of what SMART stands for is testament to the fact that it is limited in its usefulness. I think a big reason acronyms stick around is because they are simply just easy to remember, right? So if you're a business school professor or you're writing a book and it's gonna be aimed at the pop audience, you should make your acronym a word and then figure out what it means later. And you might just fill in letters with words that aren't inconsistent with the meaning, but are duplicative just to make the word work. For instance, achievable and reasonable are synonyms if you use achievable for that A. And quite often acronyms are just implementable by companies. But often for people who have been around the block a little bit, acronyms are just reiterating things that are common sense. I think the measurable and time-bound components of this are the most salient aspects of this acronym. Some people add an ER to it and call it smarter, which actually is very closely relevant to some of the themes in this episode. ER can stand for exciting and reach. The reach being synonymous with the stretch concept that we've outlined here in this episode. The exciting in particular though, that's where the inspiration comes in. And uh, I think that, <laughs> I hate to add letters to an acronym that already is of somewhat limited usefulness, but the exciting I think is super relevant and, and can be easily overlooked by people as I've made clear in the body of this episode. I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it, okay? Footnote number two. I talked about how certain metrics might be vanity metrics earlier in the episode. It got me thinking about the fact that the way we use time is based on other people. There's this kind of brinkmanship with time, just as there's brinkmanship with metrics. What I mean by brinkmanship is the spreading of interest in a metric and 
spreading of the facileness which which people can quote that metric and understand it, it creates this arms race around knowing that metric. There's kind of an arms race that hopefully has reached its end in society maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, around how accurately we run our lives in terms of time and with the kind of granularity that we expect efficiency out of time. If you think about maybe early 20th century or an agrarian community, communities where there wasn't a lot of cooperation needed or there wasn't necessarily a dynamic where people are trying to achieve greater and greater ends, exponential outcomes for a company, exponential outcomes for income for themselves, and there's so much pressure on efficiency. In those sorts of scenarios, right, people weren't as concerned with time. And so time as a construct, it certainly serves a purpose in society and in business because how would you know when to expect something, right? You save a lot of your resources, time being the most precious resource. All of us save those efforts and those, that attention that we can be paying to other things by coordinating according to time. But a lot of how we use it, but I wonder if we've gone way past the gains from time-based coordination. And whether we've made our lives increasingly insane for diminishing marginal returns, if not negative returns to happiness and to the economy. Number three, I mentioned a number of things that stretch goals can be conflated with. One that I didn't mention is a stretch goal on Kickstarter. Apparently a lot of people funding on Kickstarter started adding stretch goals to their campaigns in a very organic way, kind of like the hashtag at sign and RT for retweet on Twitter. Kickstarter actually fought that even as late as 2013, where there's still a live blog post with comments on the site. And this is what, six years ago now, a little more than that. And so a lot of commenters were asking for Kickstarter to just embrace it like Twitter. Apparently they haven't. I looked for a lot of examples of stretch goals on Kickstarter and couldn't find any despite so many resources. If you Google stretch goals, chances are you're going to come up with a lot of results talking about how to fund on Kickstarter. And stretch goals in that sense in Kickstarter are... Essentially, once you've reached your funding target, you add a goal of funding beyond your target and promise all kinds of additional features. So if it's a book, it'll be better binding or better pages or an extra chapter or better pictures or something like that. Apparently, <laughs> this concept of stretch goals is very abused and a lot of funders will try and promise as stretch goals things that they had already planned on doing. I learned a great word, which is meeple, which is essentially a small figurine you use in a board game. And uh, there was a big board game rant uh, on Medium about Kickstarter and, and stretch goals. The reason I bring this up, despite its entertainment value, and I've got an even more entertaining example here in a second, but 
the reason I bring that up is because on Kickstarter, as can be the case for business, stretch goal can be conflated with just a new goal. So you've achieved what you're going to achieve. And then your boss comes to you and just gives you a new goal above and beyond what you were supposed to achieve in that time period. That might be pretty demoralizing in most cases, and especially if not done with effective leadership. The best example of the abuse on Kickstarter is where there's a project, a book that is linked in the show notes where an author with this crazy video was trying to have a pound for every word of his book. And so it was called 1 million stretch goals. And so the guy wanted to make essentially 1 million pounds for writing a book of 1 million words, which 1 million words would take a very, very long time to write. And uh, I think he got about 37 backers. So clearly he didn't meet his stretch goal. Footnote number four. At this point in our journey at The Warrior Poet, we don't have any commercials. We don't have any sponsors. I do this for you. And I do it for me too. My only ask right now is that if you like what you're hearing, follow me on Instagram, Shri the Warrior Poet with some underscores in there. Shri is S-R-I, Sierra Romeo India. And rate it on iTunes or Spotify if you like the podcast. And uh, reach out to me on Instagram if you've got any feedback. This is a monologue format generally, with some exceptions, like my interview with Jay Hack, two-part series, Stranger in a Strange Land. Check it out if you haven't heard it. But even though it's mostly monologue here, I'd like this to be more of a conversation. And finally, there are so many things to like about Humble by Kendrick Lamar, which opened the show. I really like how he takes down a lot of our society's problems in that song. In particular, there's a line around, I'm so sick and tired of the Photoshop. I'm asking you here in this episode to keep it real with your goals and your team. In this song, Kendrick Lamar is asking you to keep it real with your image, who you are, what you want to achieve, and how you go about doing it. If I'm guessing, he wants you to stretch just like I do. And of course, you want your teams to achieve more, but do that less through stretch goals and more through plain old inspiration and sound leadership. With that, keep stretching however you do so. And when that time comes, when you have kids and you take them skiing, check their height and weight before you leave the house. The Warrior Poet is a property of Rainiac Productions. The helicopter fills you heard come courtesy of Mike Koenig. Warrior Poet is produced by Laddie, with special contributions by Spoonman and me, Shree. No, 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 Kevin. Mina do it. Spita.